Life Audio. Christian Parent Crazy World with Catherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent. Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. I am your host, Katherine Seegers, and in today's episode, we will tackle this very uplifting question, how powerful are our words in the lives of our kids? So, you know, we have just wrapped up a really deep, meaty, vitally important series on dealing with the difficult parts of Scripture. In it, we examined some tough sections of the Bible with some handy-dandy guidelines I gave you back in episode 31. By the way, check out my Instagram page if you want a review of those guidelines, and please subscribe there because I post some really inspiring things on Instagram and would love to have you follow me. So in that series, I also quoted some apologists and the great theologian R.C. Sproul, and I even gave a rather dramatic rendering of one of the greatest monologues in all of Shakespeare's plays. Yes, it was a wonderful, deep, necessary dive into some difficult waters, but I thought we could definitely use some lighter fare about now. After all, it is summer and it's very hot outside. Is your part of the country setting records like mine? Yeah. So, you know, I want to do a little summer series, probably a two-parter, but you know, we'll see. Uh, It's going to be on how to bless our kids, especially with our words. In today's episode, I want to share with you guys some stories about how impacting words can be in the lives of our children. This is going to be such a fun and fascinating and uplifting episode. Words are powerful. We want to be using them to bless our children. So in this episode, you will hear some incredible stories about what our words can do. Then in the next episode, I'm going to give you some very practical ways that words can be used to bless your kids. You don't want to miss that one because it will not only bless your kiddos, it will improve your relationship with your kiddos. That's a win-win, a double score right there, mamas and papas. That's the plan for the next two episodes of CPCW. So let's get started. Words are powerful, mamas and papas. They they really are. You know that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Yeah, that is such a lie. Like, like one of the biggest lies ever. Think back over your life. Think about the bumps and the bruises and maybe even the broken bones you've had. They healed, right? Now, you may have some scars, but they heal. Now, think about the words that have been spoken over you. The mom or dad who said that you never do anything right, or the aunt or uncle who said you wouldn't amount to much, the the grandparent who said you were getting pudgy, the the teacher who said, "Mm, you know, that's not a good path for you, or yeah, (laughs) that dream will never happen. Words have power. They can shape the course of a life. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. 
That is our theme verse for this series. We want to make sure that our tongues are producing some good fruit. I want to share a few stories with you so that you can really understand how powerful words can be. I was very blessed to attend the Southern Christian Writers Conference recently, and the keynote speaker was a phenomenal Southern Christian writer named Sean Dietrich. This guy is a masterful storyteller. He shared his testimony and we were utterly mesmerized. We were we were laughing and crying, hanging on his every word. But what struck me about Sean's story is how his entire life's trajectory hinged on some very, very significant words that were spoken over him at strategic times by some some good mentors and some bad ones. When Sean was in the fourth grade, he had a very old school, stringent, killjoy of a teacher. This this woman had a beehive about a foot tall that looked like it hadn't been washed in decades. He described this beehive as the, the kind of hairdo that if you accidentally bump into this woman, things would fly out of it. It was hilarious. So Sean had gotten a typewriter for Christmas that year, and he had been busy writing stories, which at that point were only read by his mother. But this kid had a dream at a very young age to be a writer. So one day in class, this teacher, you know, I forget her name, so I'll just call her Miss Beehive. She asked what he wanted to do in life. And Sean said that he wanted to be a writer. <laughs> Miss Beehive laughed and she said, oh, that'll never happen. And in one fell swoop, this little kid's dreams were were squashed, just destroyed. So Sean stopped using his little typewriter and he stopped performing well in school. He stopped paying attention. He He ended up misbehaving and he got suspended. And, you know, it all started with this negative, life-sucking, dream-killing word spoken over him by Miss Beehive. So so he ends up switching schools out of necessity because Miss Beehive was going to fail him because, you know, he had so many behavioral issues after she sucked the life out of his little nine-year-old dream. And in fifth grade, he had a German teacher who <laughs> asked what he liked to do. And with a good bit of trepidation, Sean mentioned that, well, you know, I kind of like to write. And she said, oh, really? So she invited him to come to school every day early, and she offered to teach him how to write. So he did. Every single day, he got there half an hour early. And by the end of the school year, Sean had amassed a pile of stories. And and the German teacher, I, I don't know her name, but I'll just call her Miss Hilda, because that sounds like a really good German name. So Miss Hilda told Sean that he was a good writer and and he saw himself as a writer again. His his dream was ignited. Fast forward to eighth grade and Sean faced a crisis that, oh gosh, no child should ever have to face. His father committed suicide. So... Sean dropped out of school and started working, and he forgot about his dream. Fourteen years later, literally another lifetime, Sean is working construction with a highly educated guy who was retired but 
I don't know, he had his doctorate in something. I, I can't recall what. But this guy sees something in Sean, a young man who doesn't even have you know, any kind of degree, never spent a day in high school. But Sean is an avid reader, always has been, because, you know, he wants to write. So he was he was smart. And this doctor tells him, hey, you're a bright guy. And he says, you know, you could go to college. Now, that's a crazy idea. Sean doesn't even have a GED. It never occurred to him that he could go to college. But this doctor tells him, hey, you can do it. And so he starts thinking that maybe, maybe, just maybe, I can do it. Long story short, he, he tries to apply to a local community college and is pretty much shot down because, after all, he didn't even have a GED. But they do offer him one opportunity to get in. They say that that he can take a homeschool entrance exam, but they tell him that it's, you know, seriously tough. So so he takes this test and he passes it and he starts college at you know almost the age of 30. It takes him over a decade to graduate. He ends up getting his his first story published in his 40s. Not exactly the time you want to start your career, right? You know, but he gets a story published in a little magazine and he goes to the store with a $25 check to get some celebratory supplies, you know, some Coke and peanuts and stuff like that, you know, because he's finally a published author. And who of all people is standing behind the register? Mm-hmm. You're not going to believe this. Miss beehive seriously i know it's amazing only god can orchestrate a story like this this woman who had killed his little nine-year-old dream is ringing up the celebratory supplies he is buying with the proceeds of his first published article she actually recognizes sean and as only god can do she asks him to forgive her for being so awful and he, he doesn't really want to, but, you know, it's the right thing to do. So he does. But I, I'm just amazed at how the entire trajectory of Sean Dietrich's life ebbed and flowed on words, words that were spoken over him, words of death that killed dreams and words of life that ignited those same God-given dreams and even the words of forgiveness that set him free. I'm just amazed how God put Miss Beehive there at that moment so Sean could know, so we could all know that the words of a man or, or a woman in this case have no power over us unless we let them. But words do have power over us when we let them. So we need to make sure that we are speaking and believing words of life over ourselves. And over our kids. By the way, Sean went on to become, <laughs> has become a, an award-winning author. He's written many, many books. Scripture is true. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. That's Proverbs 18.21, our theme verse. Our tongues are powerful. They can be a megaphone we use to cheer our kids on in their purpose and calling in life. Or... They can be a sword that, that cuts them down, that brings death to their dreams and their calling. We've got to speak life over our kids, mamas and papas. We've got to, because I can tell you right now, the world is going to be speaking death. So we have got to speak life. You know, I, I was thinking back over my life and the words that were spoken over me. And for some reason, I, I don't know why, but this silly 
ridiculous memory comes up. Okay. Seriously. It's so ridiculous. When I was about 13, I think, must have been like seventh grade. I was hitting puberty really hard in an ugly way. You know, I had buck teeth and braces, greasy hair. I still have greasy hair. Thank God they invented dry shampoo. Um, but, you know, I was, I was a little pudgy and very insecure about the way I, I looked and all these changes. And, you know, we're going through it, puberty. So one day, um, my teacher, Miss Blunt, tells me that I... It's so funny. She tells me I have a very sophisticated walk. <laughs> she had done some modeling, so you know she knew. And and she said that I moved like a model. Okay, that's ridiculous, but that's what she said. <laughs> okay, so now I was all of five foot two and not very graceful. Not one ounce of me looked like a model. I have no idea why she told me this, uh, because clearly it wasn't true. But I can tell you that for some reason... I believed her and I started carrying my head a little bit higher. I started thinking of myself a, a little differently and I started to believe in myself. Now, you know, I'm pretty sure that my mother said something to Mrs. Blunt about my insecurities and that's why she paid me this compliment. <laughs> Thanks, mom. But, you know, here it is nearly 40 years later and I still remember that word. <laughs> I don't know why that one came up. There were so many better ones to think of, but this one did when I was thinking about this podcast. And yeah, I still get a little choked up when I think about it. And look, I know this wasn't a word in line with my calling. I wasn't destined to be a model, maybe, you know, role model, but certainly not a runway model. But I was just a really insecure little kid who needed to feel like I wasn't such a freak. So why do I remember this stupid little incident 40 years later? Because words are powerful. They are. And for whatever reason, that is what I needed to hear in that season of life. I know, moms and dads, sometimes we think that our kids are tuning us out, but they aren't. I, I want to share one more story with you about the power of our words. Many of you may be familiar with Dr. Ben Carson. He was the 17th United States Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. And before that, he was a neurosurgeon and, you know, he's run for president. By anyone's standards, this guy is a phenomenal success. Seriously, it's hard to be more successful in life than Dr. Ben Carson. But what you may not know is that his mother, Sonia Carson, couldn't even read. And yet, Ben Carson credits all of his success in life to his mother. Why? Because, you know, his mother believed in him and she spoke good words over him and his brother. This woman actually got married at the age of 13 and she had two sons very early on. Her husband turned out to be a bigamist. So when Ben was eight and his older brother Curtis was 10, she got divorced. She was a single mom who couldn't read. She worked three jobs to raise her boys and she often left the house before they even got up in the morning. Still, she limited the amount of television they watched to two shows a week. Oh, 
man, I am so convicted by that one. I do sometimes use the TV as a babysitter. I might be doing that right now. Um, but instead, Sonia made her kids go to the library. She made them read and write book reports that weren't required for school. This is, this is hilarious. She would mark them up with a red pen as if she knew what they said. Wow. Wow. What a woman. So much later in life, when Dr. Carson was receiving an award for something, he quoted these words that his mom would say to him over and over and over. She said, Benny, if you can read, honey, you can learn just about anything you want to know. Wow. Wow. Was that ever true? We say things like, you know, well, it's not rocket science. It's not neurosurgery. This little kid from the hood kept on reading. He believed his mama who said that if he could keep on reading, he could learn anything. And he became a neurosurgeon. His brother Curtis, by the way, became an aeronautical engineer. Yeah, it is something when the aeronautical engineer in the family is the underachiever. (laughs) That cracks me up. Oh, man. Words. Words are powerful, moms and dads. They are. What we tell our kids sticks. The good and the bad. So let's speak some good words over our kids. Now, next week, I'm going to give you a very powerful and super practical set of guidelines and suggestions to help you speak some powerful words over your kids. You don't want to miss that one. You don't. It's going to bless you and your kids. We'll see you then. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know. There are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and following me on Facebook and Instagram? Oh, oh, and maybe you could say that Christian Parent Crazy World is the best podcast you've ever heard in your entire life. Uh, just a thought. Uh, And be sure to check out my website, which is katherineseegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. And if you subscribe, I will be sure to send you some really cool free stuff and notify you of future podcasts, articles, and blogs. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? 
It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.